Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about the impact of confident momentum, what that is. I have a post about it, but I will talk about it here and why uh, when in Rome, you know, uh, you have sex. <laughs> so the, the point is uh, of this is that you can set a frame that makes it obvious to your wife that you guys have a sex life and that that is part of your marriage. And I will talk about that right after I tell you to subscribe. My next one's going to be a subscriber only, so you'll miss that one if you do not subscribe. And the most recent one on why your partner sends you so many memes and videos and all sorts of subscriber episodes, including oral sex on women, what you don't know, which some male follower equated to the Rosetta Stone. So that was good. All right. Um, and that's only for $8.99 a month, which is massively low for all of the content that you get, which people write into me every day transforms their marriages. So that's, that's really great, and I always appreciate those emails where people tell me how much I help them. Okay, so anyway, when you're in Rome, you act like a Roman is like kind of the point of this, right? And you do as the Romans do. And what does this mean for your marriage? It means that either person at any point can set the frame or impact the culture of the relationship. And of course, you know this from parenting, right? So if you're having a good day, aren't the kids having a good day? Unless they're teenagers, then like it's maybe 10% is impacted by you. But <laughs> if they're little kids and you come in there like, hey guys, we're going to go somewhere fun today. Isn't everybody excited? Obviously. If you're laying on the couch being like another day, wah, 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 well, then the kids are going to be kind of negative and difficult and irritable as well. Obviously, I tell people all the time, and it, it's always a slap in the face wake up call in couples counseling. They'll be like, oh, yeah, the kids bicker so much. And I'm like, oh, like you guys. And they're like, Phew. it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like they never thought about it. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah, like us, you know, exactly like us. Competitive, uh, you know, one upmanship, irritability, not sharing, just like us. You know, and, and it's, of course, the adults set the frame of the home, but the adults can also set the frame for one another. So if your husband or your wife comes in in an awesome mood and they're smiling and they're happy and they're making jokes, usually that's great. And that lifts the entire mood of the home. Now, there are differences like there are because some people be like that motherfucker came in making jokes when he sees how, how, you know, my day has sucked the whole day. Well, that's a little bit different, right? So if somebody literally, like you come in, they come in and one kid is throwing up and one kid is crying and he's like, hey, sweetheart, and slaps you on the ass, you're probably going to be really mad, right? But there is, there is certainly a balance. If all else was neutral, if your husband came home and you and the kids were just watching TV on the couch and he was in a good mood and the kids ran over and said, daddy, and he threw them up in the air and he joked around with them and he came over with a smile and he kissed you, that's going to lift the mood of the home versus men that come in and they just look like their dog just died and they're so stressed out and they need to, you know, decompress and nobody can talk to them, which are more rigid and anxious and depressive kind of guys. And in that case, I even had somebody write in years ago for advice on a husband who always came in, you know, with a black cloud over his head and it would just like ruin the, 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 the whole atmosphere of the home. So the point is, that either adult can change the mood for the other adult. 
And so a lot of men, and I talk about this so much, the average man is not preoccupied attachment, but the average male listener to this podcast is because those are the guys that seek out relationship help on the internet and go to therapy and worry about the relationship, et cetera. So if you're a preoccupied attachment guy and go back to my attachment styles podcast um, and all the other ones on attachment, but um, then you worry too much what your wife thinks and not enough about what she needs and how to actually be a good and ethical family member. It's all about not getting into trouble and being a good boy and her not yelling at you rather than in any way long term changing the home or the family life for the better. These are the guys who kind of say to the kids, don't make mommy upset, even though that's like crazy and dysfunctional. And if they're always making mommy upset by just breathing, then the problem's with mommy. And then if you were actually being a good husband, you would tell your wife that she needed to work on her depression with empathy and love. And I talk about how to address, how to deal when your wife is depressed. And this is something that I say in that podcast and those posts. But guys that are very anxious, anxious attachment, they are looking at their relationship through a I don't want to get in trouble lens versus how they can be a better partner. And there are women that are preoccupied attachment to more of them in the world than preoccupied attachment men. And they are doing the same thing. How can I walk on eggshells and how can I um, basically make this man act nice to me and love me versus how can I make this a better family unit? Because you get too anxious about the person's immediate response to you because too much of your self-esteem is riding on it. So this is a lot of attachment stuff. And if any of that resonates with you, then you should be in deeper insight-oriented psychotherapy that can really help you get at the root of why you act this way, right? And what in your upbringing you saw that makes you feel like the most important thing is to get your partner's approval in the moment versus any long-term positive change or healthy dynamic in the home. But anyway, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. So if you come in as a man and you act like you guys are in a romantic relationship where you're going to have sex, you're like a thousand times more likely to have sex, you know? So women, it's like, you know, it's the most awkward thing in the world is like doing something that goes against somebody's expectations and seeing them fall flat on their face. Unless somebody really hates you, they do not want to see you humiliated like that. So, for example, if you uh, brought home chocolate for your wife and you were so proud of yourself for doing it, not in a narcissistic way, but you were like, you really thought that she was going to like it. How about we think about it like this? Your kid comes home, I always give this example, and gives you some piece of shit thing made out of popsicle sticks that looked like the dog threw it up, and he's so proud of it. Don't you love it? Doesn't it stay in your office like forever and ever? Of course, because he was so proud of it. He was setting the frame. He thought you were really going to like it. That was like the cute part. He thought it was like super good, you know? And it was super, super, like well done. And it was like obviously like a building, you know? And so then, of course, you're going to join in the frame. There's like a meme. It's like, it doesn't matter how tough you are. When a two-year-old gives you a toy phone, you pick it up and say hello, you know? Because the two-year-old is setting the frame. And nobody wants to embarrass the two-year-old. Nobody says no, this isn't real, like unless you're actually a sociopath, you know, or on the spectrum really far. And so the the point is here, most people understand when a human being is trying to set a frame. And if that is a person that you love, they, they will go along with it. So if you come in and you're so happy because you bought your wife chocolate, she's not probably going to be like, well, I can't eat that because I'm on a diet. She's probably going to be like, thank you. 
Now, if you just kind of left it on the counter because you're anxious about her response, then she may well say, well, I'm going to give this to the kids because, you know, I'm on a diet, you know, which you didn't know. Not in, in the situation where she literally tells you, I am on a diet, don't get her chocolate. That's like crazy. But I'm talking about a situation where you don't know that, right? Um, but if you come in and you, it's like, it's just like your birthday or Christmas or something. If your husband is happy to give you a present, it doesn't matter if it's really good or not. If you're a loving person, you're going to act like it's good. And I hope he does the same to you, you know, and if not, that's something to think about and work on, right? Uh, and think about the origin of why you or he wouldn't do that. But if your husband sweeps in and he's happy and he's flirting and he's, and he gives you a kiss, and he says, sweetheart, I got a sitter. We're going on date night tonight. Then you get there and he's like happy to interact with you. And he drove you and he's happy to talk to you. And then you come home and he initiates like a kiss and a hug. And he seems like it's going to go down. Then it probably is. You know, I mean, it really probably is. You get caught up in the atmosphere on the frame. Now, where the manosphere takes us to a point of ridiculousness is they're like, because you have like created attraction. No, like, you know, basically, as I said so many times, you're basically, your attraction to your husband after a certain point is a thousand times more about where you are in your cycle than anything he could do or not do. But if you love your husband and he's trying to make it a nice night, then you're going to go along with it. Because it's easier, honestly, in many ways than not going along with it. And because if you love him, then you think it'll be fun. This is like my podcast on do high libido women have spontaneous desire? No, not usually, not unless they're ovulating or in the first half of the cycle, maybe. But um, but they know that sex will be enjoyable. And so therefore, the frame is set for them. Sex equals enjoyable. So I just have to start it and power through the first five, 10 minutes of foreplay, and then I'll get into it. That's how the higher libido woman within monogamy with age thinks versus the lower libido woman thinks this is just going to be terrible like it always is. Um, but the, the point being that if you set the frame, then your wife is in Rome and shit. It's just like vacation. Vacation sets its own frame. Nobody wants to go home from vacation without having sex unless the, the marriage is a real garbage fire, you know? Um, and it's just completely sexless and it's like really messed up, in which case you should have been in couples counseling yesterday, you know, with the second best time being today. Um, or 10 years ago with the second best time being today. But the, the point being, most people know that on vacation you have sex if you're a loving couple and therefore the frame of vacation is that we have sex and so within that frame it's easy to go along with it it would be so awkward to not and it would mean something so bad about the relationship that most people will and then once they do then they enjoy it and they're happy that they did it so it can be the same thing you can bring this confident so confident momentum confident momentum was a parenting term uh that Aunt janet lansbury i think a gentle parenting person um, came up with that basically talks about this thing that I said at the very beginning, which is like how do preschool teachers have the ability to get your kid to listen and you don't because they bring their A game. They, they, they talk in a way that it makes it obvious that the kid is supposed to go along with it. We are group mammals. This is how like somebody, some meerkat becomes the alpha meerkat or the alpha chimp at, in chimp empire. They have confident momentum. You, you know these people, they're charismatic. You just want to go along with what they're doing. They're usually the group leader in, in any situation. And so they set the frame and then everybody thinks it's fun. So like the group, you know, like the person in a, 
in a middle school group of friends, right? Friend group. Everything now is the fucking friend group. Okay. So then you got like the leader of the friend group says, guys, let's go to CVS and look at the makeup. Now, if a different lower echelon member of the friend group of middle school girls would have said, let's go to CVS and look at the makeup, then people might have said, that's boring. That's stupid. I don't want to do that. Right? No, let's do something else. But if the top dog says, hey, guys, I know what would be fun. We're going to go to CVS and look at the makeup. And everybody's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right? So that is confident momentum. That person comes in and sets the frame. And you know people like this in your life, right? Think about it. And so you could be that person is my point. You could be that person in your marriage. You come in, you say, we are basically in a romantic marriage. Like you, w- without saying that, I mean, say it if you want. The point is <laughs> you want to be setting the frame of we are currently in a romantic marriage. This experience we are having is going well and you could see it on my face. And do you have to fake that till you make it if you're a more insecure guy? Yes, of course you do, obviously. Just like you have to fake it when you make it when you're like trying to get into a good mood for your kids. When you're in a bad mood or if you didn't get any sleep last night, do you go to your kid's swim meet and just lay on the floor? I hope not. Right. You still act like you give a shit and you still act like you saw even if you like literally closed your eyes uh, during him swimming, you would still say great job, buddy. Right. Because you're not a dick. So it's like the same kind of thing. And now how could this work for women, by the way, because women's number one, um, ask a lot of women, particularly women that are coming into couples counseling, is that he doesn't engage with stuff in the home. Well, think about how different it is if you say, oh, honey, come here. We're all reading this book together. We're going to take turns. You're next. That, how's he going to be like, no, like he's such a douchebag that if he says no, nobody wants to be a douchebag, right? So versus if you're reading to the kids, you give them the side eye the whole time, you give a little Oh, you know, I guess, I guess you're busy. Oh, oh, are you, are you still working? Okay, okay. Well, then why, the, why would he even come over? You know, why? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. Obviously, his value is not to read out loud to the kids right then. You know how long kids lived in the world alive and happy without parents constantly reading to them? But if your value is to include him and you think that's like a great thing and you want that to be a fun and enjoyable part of you guys parenting the kids, then lead with some confident momentum. Women can lead too, obviously obviously. So, you know, lead with that. Or if you want to do some big home repair project, instead of being like, this house is terrible. The only thing that could possibly make it suck even like 5% less would be if we had like a $75,000 kitchen renovation. But the downside is that it would suck during that too. And then in couples therapy, be like, he obstructs me from getting a kitchen renovation. Well, you made it sound like worse than death. So what the fuck? Why would he even do it? Versus if you're like, oh my God, this house, you know, it could be even better with a kitchen renovation. I'm going to try to get the budget down. Let's look at it together right now. Come here. What do you like better? Well, I mean, then he's going to come there. He's going to be happy that you're smiling. You know, it's it. we are mammals that are meant to be in a group. If somebody is leading with a certain initiative, how do you think all the elephants decide like where they're going to go next to find water? Some big fucking alpha elephant just goes there with confident momentum. Then the other elephants go too. You've got to think about it evolutionarily. 
You know, you want to be the alpha elephant about the shit that you care about in your marriage. Otherwise, nobody's going to be doing it. And then you're just going to be some dead elephants that never got to water because nobody was leading anybody. Right? (laughs) So the the point being that if you create a certain feeling, it will go like when in Rome, do as the Romans do for your wife or for your husband, for that matter, for anybody. If a woman started flirting with her husband more, he usually flirts back. Even if he was the most unromantic guy in the world, even if he was just like a scoop of mashed potatoes sitting on the couch, if she snuggles up to him and acts like he's like so handsome, he's probably going to respond unless he's dead, you know? And if he doesn't, then that would be something for couples counseling. But couples counseling is expensive, so Try all this DIY shit that I teach you first. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I will talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye.